Welcome to the Worship Leader Hangout Podcast. Today, I am so excited to have my new friend Alex here. He is Alex from Worship Ministry Training, uh, which is a podcast, but also a YouTube channel. So go check that out. I'll leave a link in the description. What's up, Alex? It's good to have you here, man. What's up, Chad? And what's up, everybody? And my YouTube channel is nowhere as cool as Chad's because it's primarily just a podcast on YouTube. Well, I mean, that's a lot. That's how we got started. Me and David, you know, he does the piano tutorials, but that's just back and forth talking on uh, Google Hangouts back in the day. Dang. And it just turned into Worship Leader Hangout. And then, yeah, now you see what we do today behind the Dude, scenes. the origin story. All that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, I love that. Yeah, that's how we got started. But so what is worship ministry training and how did you get started in that? How long have you been doing all the all the above? Just sure. I'll, I'll make it. it short because most people don't care about this kind of stuff. But um, yeah, worship ministry training is it, it, like you said, it's a podcast. I've been doing it for eight years, kind of a long time like you um, started when I was 28. I think I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm almost 30. I got to do something with my life that's meaningful and invest <laughs> in other people. So I started a podcast and it's all very practical um, mm -hmm. and just like one topic as deep as possible and very applicable to actually like real life running a worship ministry. So oh, that's wow. why it's called worship ministry training because we train you how to do different things like auditioning, onboarding, those types of things. And then in the last six months, we launched an academy. So we have 10 in-depth courses, live monthly trainings. We do the podcast interviews live so you can ask the questions. And then we've got like tons of docs and resources and discipleship material for your team. So basically, we try to equip you so that you can like just focus on leading your team. And we give you all the tools and the training to do that. So that's Worship Ministry Training, worshipministrytraining.com. Thanks, awesome. Chad. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, I think it's great. No, and people do care about that stuff more than you realize. They're like, how do I do something? Or And I think that especially if you're a young worship leader, yeah, you can go to you know a worship school somewhere, this or that. But you don't have to. There's so many people online. I mean, I don't necessarily go in depth on how to do specific things, especially when it is unrelated to tech, because that's just not what gets a lot of views on YouTube. But and there are so many resources online that do exactly what you do that, well, there's not, I wouldn't say there's so many. There, there are a lot, but I believe, you know, when I met you for the first time at, um, what's it called? The uh, Worship Innovators. Worship Innovators. Yeah, uh, Worship Innovators. What you brought to that and just hearing about how you're, I didn't actually come to your breakouts because we were filming some videos and stuff in between, but what I heard you brought to that and then what you brought to the main session, like I, I know that what you bring to the academy, your academy, I'm sure it's very highly valuable. And I think new worship leaders especially can get, gain a lot from that um, because you don't have to have a college degree to be a worship pastor. I mean, there's so many other things that you need to know that you're not going to get at college. And I, trust me, I, I have the worship degree from a university and I am still learning what I am doing as a worship leader. Like I still have no idea what to do. And it's been over 10 years since I left that school. So I, and it's Lee university, by the way, and they're a great school, but I just didn't learn everything and time and tech and everything changes so fast over the years. So you got to stay learning all this stuff and keep learning. That's why I say at the end of all of my videos, great worship leaders are always learning. So I think what you do is actually more valuable than just showing off a piece of tech. But I, anyway, I just wanted to say that because yeah, I'm excited. And I would love to like go through it one day and I just need to take the time and get on and become a patron to 
to to your school and just yeah see what it's all about and yeah and i mean if anybody's interested it. yeah if anybody's interested it's one dollar to try for 15 days so you get oh my 15 days you know full access for one buck so worshipministrytraining.com there's nothing to lose really so that's nothing at all man your revenue would double if you went to two dollars i'm just fine that's cool that you offer that And that's because I know you put out a video not too long ago about books, your top five worship leader books or like worship ministry books. I don't remember the title of the video. And I actually went, so I think it was 2017. I had, I literally had all my books stacked up and I was about to start talking about this in a video. I literally, I had everything like the light queued up, everything. This was up in a random hallway in our church before I had a studio. And I, just something weighed on my heart talking about why people leave our ministry. And I just put the books down and I was like, and I just started talking about all like the stuff of why they leave our, our ministry or why they might leave or whatever. And I never did the book thing. And, <laughs> but it's funny how people kind of run to the drama where they really should be running to the knowledge and the, the, the God given like, wisdom that he's given you and and other people when it comes to these kind of schools like i think right. that it's so much more important but but it is it's really turned into like five percent music five percent tech and then the rest like 90 percent you know ministry like pastoring and dealing right. with people and all that stuff and yeah that's that's what i've seen anyway because I still, I don't have, I used to have two interns and I, I we, you and I had a, our own conversation about all that before, but they, that I don't have any interns anymore as of September. And so I'm going back and like, oh yeah, how do I, how do I do a light show again? How do I do this? I, I got to do pro presenter again. Right. So I could see, and, and it's not, that's not uncommon for my church size. Uh, the most, probably most worship leaders at a church my size are doing all of it. So I'm, I'm fine. You know, I don't have, I'm just kind of in between interns. I kind of have a guy that helps out on Wednesday a little bit, but he's very, at the very beginning of all this. Um, but anyway, uh, I just, yeah. So I need continual training or continue, like, what's it called? Continuing education in a lot of degrees or a lot of fields that have continuing ed. I need that. So that's why I'm saying I might hop on a worship ministry training and give it a shot. Just kind of remind myself. Do you have anything about, um, what, was it? what was I saying? Yes. Do you have anything about like devotional times and times like yeah. that with your team? You talk about all that? Actually, I have a 52 week Devo already written for you uh, in the academy. So, like everything you need. Are you like serious? The, yeah. The, the, the scripture. The the summary, the application questions, and the closing prayer. Fifty two weeks. I just finished it. That's every week of the year. Every week of the year, a whole year. <laughs> and if anyone wants to get it uh, without signing up for the academy, they can go to worshipteamdevos.com. 
So okay. yeah, just try to, like I said, I try to do everything for you so that you can just lead the people. Cause that side of it is yeah. what matters to God. And like, it's so overwhelming to keep up with all the tech and set up all the systems. And you know, it's just like, Mm-hmm. And like Jake Gosselin on Church Friend does a great job with the tech side. He's a, he's amazing master at teaching the tech and people care about the tech, but then there's the whole other people side of things. And that's kind of where worship ministry training comes in. You can get really consumed in the technology and completely forget about people. Right. You really can. And that's why I think it is probably just as important to, you know, just as as important as it is to have a worship pastor or a worship leader at a church, I think it's just as important to have a tech director because you need the worship pastor to not only just do music and all that stuff. I mean, if you have a, if you're blessed enough to have a budget for a music director or, uh, or you have a volunteer music director, that's even better, but you need somebody to deal with the music, but also deal with the people and you need somebody to deal with the tech separately because that's so consuming in time. But they also still need to know how to lead people because if they lead that team, that's just as important as well. So, I mean, they can benefit from what you do too. But I'm just saying that's one one thing I've realized over the last few years is if I'm going to grow our ministry, our worship ministry, the production side, the worship, everything, I need to start um, like diversifying and duplicating myself in different areas. And that's what I've tried to do with this internship program. Um, but that's just hard within, uh, in and of itself. But anyway, yeah, I think that over the last maybe year, I've learned it's just so important to separate those two. Uh, but if you, you know, if you have to do both of it, I would lean more on the people side than tech and just you know, maybe that light show doesn't need to be as captivating uh, as, you know, a big church because you need to go and see somebody at the hospital or mm-hmm. talk to somebody that's just struggling with, with whatever it may be. And that takes time. And so, do, so does doing lights. And it's like, well, maybe our show is not going to be as cool this week. And if you don't care for the people, then there will be no people at the church to look at the lights anyway. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just so, a, it's a big circle. It really is. You got to care about the people. And yeah, absolutely. If you care about the people and you invest in people and you exhort people, encourage people and spur people on and inspire people, they will take care of the tech. You know, they mm-hmm. will they will care to invest their time because they feel loved. They feel poured into. They feel excited. And mm-hmm. they're like how can I serve and how, and, and their loyalty to both you and the church and the Lord will go up and therefore they will be at rehearsal on time. And they will, you know, I'm not saying it's all, you know, easy, you know, if you just care about people, but it is really the central thing. And so, yeah, I completely agree. And yeah, it's a big circle. And I think some people just go backwards on that circle sometimes. It's like, let's, let's care about people. And those people will care about the ministry and want to help out and want to serve uh, thus getting that other stuff done and you can train them along the way, but yeah, that's so good. So I did have one question though, that we talked about, uh, in the making of this podcast, what is one or maybe more things that you wish you would have known? This is that classic question. What do you know now that you wish you would have known then? So what do you know now as a worship leader after how many years, 16 plus years of leading worship? 
way too what, long for sure. Yeah. What do you know now? What's one or two pieces of advice that you would give somebody that's 18, 19, starting college or just coming into their first worship leader job or something like that? Yeah. The funny thing is, Chad, we've already talked about both of the things I wrote down because you had sent me oh. this question and I thought about it right, a lot. Podcast over. So. Podcast over, everybody. See you later. <laughs> yeah. But really, there's there's two major areas that I wrote down just of topic. And one is that ministry is not about music. It's about ministry. Uh, mm -hmm. It's about people. And if you don't really want to care for people, and that, that's okay. Like if your heart is not for people and you're just like you love music, then maybe you should be an artist or a songwriter or a, a touring musician. But ministry is about people and shepherding people and caring for people and encouraging people, exhorting people, challenging people, confronting people. And if you don't really care about those things, then you maybe shouldn't be a worship leader. Um, because, you know, the music is secondary. The people are primary. And you know, if you focus on the people, like we've already talked about, everything else falls into place. And um, I would just encourage anyone listening, like really to make sure that your heart is like almost view yourself as a youth pastor, like just take music off the table and view yourself as a, a youth pastor. And instead of preaching sermons, you just build sets, right? So mm -hmm. like, but the primary role of a youth pastor is to get a bunch of kids to love Jesus more. And the same thing is true for a worship leader. The primary role of a worship leader is to, yes, help the church sing and love Jesus through that expression, but mm -hmm. also to help your team love Jesus more. And if you view yourself as like a youth pastor who happens to play the guitar or piano and lead worship sometimes, then I think you'll you'll prioritize the things in your ministry that should be prioritized in the first place. So that's the first one. And the other one is about growth, which we can talk about later, like personal growth and development. So. Okay, so personal growth. Well, I mean, we can talk about it now. I'm, I'm good. So what, what do you? So what do you mean by that? Like, I, I guess it's pretty self-explanatory when you say personal growth. But yeah, I mean, I wish. I, yeah, I wish I would have understood just like how important it is to be well-rounded, um, because like we said at the beginning, you know, music is ten percent of the job, and then like ninety percent of the job is all these other things. And so like your spiritual growth and your knowledge of God's word like really does matter. Like even if it doesn't seem like, like if you go on YouTube and Instagram and you think it's just about like lights and stage and band and music, like you are, you are like the, the most, sorry, I'm not trying to be rude to anybody, but you're the most shallow worship leader ever. Like worship leaders are supposed to be deep, deep thinkers, deep worshipers. And that comes out of spirit and in truth, right? Worship. And so you have to know the truth of God's word. You should, you know, be well-rounded in theology. You should understand ecclesiology, which is a big way to say, like, what is the church? You know, what is the purpose of the church? Why is the church on the planet? Like, what is the function of the church? Like, all these mm -hmm. things that maybe we don't, don't give enough thought to, but they're, like, actually foundational to what it means to be a church leader. Um, and so, like, growing in all of these areas, and, and especially in, like, leadership, growing in the ability to be a good leader that people want to follow, um, someone who inspires people, someone who loves on people, like they feel welcomed around you. Like the more you can develop all these different traits, the, the more you increase your capacity. And uh, I would say like, you know, we are, all of us are, we are the own lid or limit upon what the Lord can do through us, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying like the Lord can't work through weakness because he obviously says in his word that he does. Um, but like, the, the sharper tool you are or the more like facets you have to your abilities, the more opportunities you have to fill a hole or to be used of God. 
So that's mm-hmm. all I'm saying. So I would say like, you know, listen to a bunch of podcasts. The fact that you're listening to this podcast right now is awesome. Um, but maybe expand out into other uh, avenues besides just worship. Like, so listen, listen to Chad's podcast every week or whatever, however often he drops new episodes. And then listen to, you know, like Carrie Newhoff leadership podcast um, or, mm-hmm. um, you know, like listen to the Bible Project podcast to grow in your theology and then read some books, right? And like, just be well-rounded, I'd say, is something that I wish I prioritized more early on because I kind of just fumbled my way through it like most people do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what do you think's like the, maybe one or, one thing that you fumbled the most on though? I mean, I don't know if you can remember back that far, but... <laughs> I mean, I, all right, so let me just say this. For me, I I was pretty, I knew that people were important, but I was more so focused on, I was more focused on like making great music and developing those people, like seeing great music come out of those people. So I was still kind of focused on people in a sense, but I what I did learn though as a new worship leader in my internship the biggest thing that I did learn is that the people are more important, and that's because that church just embraced me and invited me to everything. Like, it was a small church, so I got invited to all these different houses, and just people, you know, embraced me like one of the family. And I built relationships, so that was kind of a big thing for me is, like, building those relationships in that church. Uh, and then I went to my first church as the actual worship leader, and it wasn't quite as easy to build those relationships. And so I kind of more focused on like the music itself. Like, okay, well, how can I bring good music and develop those people and this and that? And I I don't think I did anything wrong, so to speak, but I think I could have maybe leaned a little more into the people. Um, and also worried about things a little too much. You know, <laughs> I think just... Uh, if I could go back, I would probably relax a little bit and and not be so worried about like what are they gonna think of this song or what are they gonna think of this hymn or or whatever. Just just go and and I wish I would have studied hymns a little more because I I had to lead those at the top of those services and just dive, dove into that a little more so uh, and, and yeah. And found and tried to find research. And then back then, this was twenty uh, eleven. There weren't a whole lot of resources online that like what you do and uh, what others do. But I wish I would have found something to just continue to to feed into. But also, just straight up read your Bible. And yes. I, I, I wish I would have put more focus on the Word of God in my worship back then. But not that it was bad. It was just there were certain things I just didn't focus on as much as I do now, um, especially when building sets and things like that. But yeah, yeah, I, I think, still struggle with it sometimes. But you know, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, I, I, I mean, the last comment about like prioritizing like the knowledge of the word is huge. And like, I went to Moody Bible Institute online. You can go online anywhere nowadays when I was, you know, 27 or whatever, and graduated with a, a bachelor's in biblical studies. And like, I learned so much about the word that I had no idea about. And then mm-hmm. that then informs decisions that I'm making for services, like even how we talk about worship, like, 
a lot of what we do in the Christian church is just like tradition, even in the modern evangelical, even the mega church movement or whatever, it's like, or whatever we're all copying it. I don't even know what it is anymore. But like, um, basically, like, there's all this, like, American Christian tradition built in, even to the point where we say, all right, guys, we're going to have a time of worship and the word. And it's like, wait a minute, that's a false dichotomy. Like, you're basically separating the music out as worship and the word as something else. But like, mm. scripture says all of life is worship and the worship service is, is the whole thing is worship. When we give, we worship. When we, you know, when we uh, greet each other, we're worshiping, right? We're, we're obeying the Lord, we're worshiping. So like, even how we talk about our worship services and the elements of our worship services should be informed by like a biblical view of that. And yet a lot of us are just like following the pattern or the script that was handed down to us or what mm -hmm. we've seen other churches do without really understanding like the foundational layer behind it and therefore making certain decisions about either our language or our approach or what we're, what we're doing, what we're saying on the stage. Um, so that I would just completely agree with you that like knowing the word and knowing what the word says about these things, or at least having a, a more informed view of what we're doing is super important for mm -hmm. us as worship leaders. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now, what is your first step? Like, I guess is when you're starting to build sets for your worship services or. Yeah. Or um, I, personally, I love to match the themes of my pastor's sermon mm -hmm. with the songs. Like I, I think that's the best way to build a worship set. I know other people feel like it doesn't matter and to each his own. To me, it makes a huge difference when there's cohesion between what the worship songs are singing about and what the pastor is preaching about. And then if I close the service with a song that's just like right in line with his final closing yeah. thoughts, you know, I it's, love that. It's especially. A, yeah. It's amazing. So the first thing I do is I read the passage he's teaching from, I highlight key themes that I'm seeing in the passage. Like, is it about forgiveness? Is it about the cross? Is it about new creation? Is it whatever? And then I'm like, okay, what songs are, you know, like, tied to that theme mm -hmm. and um you know get, get one or two at least to start and then just kind of start to build your set from those one or two kind of anchor songs right yeah yeah that's cool that's good how do you go about finding uh new songs like you know when you were really i guess working with your teams and stuff do you ever mm -hmm. involve the people on your team to to find new songs yeah i'm or kind of like an old come Conundrum, what is it called? You know, curmudgeon, those guys that are okay. like old and lame. Like, I don't, I don't really care about the newest and greatest song. Um, mm -hmm. Usually like the best songs surface to the top of YouTube or surface to the top of Spotify. Or um, a lot of times what I'll do is I'll ask uh, friends at other churches, Hey, what songs are working for your church? So I have like three or four or five worship leader friends locally. And I just text them like, Hey, what songs are really working for you guys right now? And sometimes they'll like text me back the old ones, you know, but sometimes it's like one I've never heard of. Um, or like you can scour like um, Jenny McGrew has the worship leaders collective on Facebook, like this huge mm -hmm. collective of worship leaders and they'll post their sets every like Saturday night or Friday night. And I'll like go look and see songs that look unfamiliar. And then usually I look them up and I'm like, eh, you know, like yeah. I'm like, I'm like, just give me the tried and true songs yeah. you know like the ones that work like oh praise the name revelation song like you know how great is our god like and i personally go back like i don't care what year it was written in um i just care that it's christ-centered it's singable mm -hmm. you know it's uh you know uh, yeah so i have a, a list of criteria of songs that you know if anybody cares about i have a podcast episode about it like way back in the po podcast archives but um yeah i think 
I think that for me, it doesn't matter when the song was written and I'm not looking for the newest, shiniest song. I'm looking for songs that connect and resonate and work. Mm -hmm. And there's just, you know, whether it's written in 1989, like what's that one Darlene Sheck song, you know, my Jesus, my savior, Lord, there's none like you, uh, shout to the Lord. Like that song rocks. Like if you put it in a set and you don't play it cheesy, like, and you build this set around, like you could, that song's amazing. And it resonates with a certain um, yeah. portion of your congregation as well. So I, I try oh. to have a song from every era in my services. And as long as oh, really? it's congregational, I don't care. That's pretty cool. So how many songs do you normally do? Um, so originally, like on our Sunday morning services, it was, it was four and then um, an offering song and then a closing song or like a closing chorus. Um, after like during COVID our service stuff shifted. And so now it's like three and a half. Like if, if I put a tag on the end, so it's like one, two, three, and then a tag, I'll usually do a tag, like a, a chorus of another song, like to amplify the closing song, like to take it to the next level, I'll tag yeah. on something from a different song. That's like in the same key and the same theme. Mm -hmm. Um, so three to three and a half and then one for offering. And, you know, now, now we have a full closing song. So. Thursday nights, we have a little bit longer time, but it's usually like four and a tag and then one and then like a closing song. So, okay. I got you. So what do y'all do on Thursday? You'll do something every Thursday night, like a midweek yeah. service. Yeah, we have, we have Thursday night service. We have three Sunday morning services. And then we, now we are bringing back our Sunday night service, which went away from during COVID and that's a, they're all different. So Thursday's unique, really? Sunday night's unique and Sunday mornings are all unique. Yeah, it's a lot. That is a lot. So <laughs> the the three services you have on Sunday morning, is that the same set? Yeah, same band, same set. Same band, same set for that. But everything mm -hmm. else is that's pretty cool. We yeah. are we're starting to do first Wednesdays, which is kind of cool. I've I've been wanting to do that for a while, but uh we yeah, we finally decided that this is the year we're gonna do it and just see how it goes. I'm excited yeah. about that. And that I involves thought... everybody and not yeah. just adults that's like students and everybody i think that's beautiful i think there's a few thoughts i have one i wrote this down yesterday is like try a lot of things and kill a lot of things like mm -hmm. you have to just try stuff to see how it works give it a good go like don't cut it right away but like try it for you know half a year and you're like uh oh, didn't work or wow this really turned into something that we did not expect this is amazing right mm -hmm. so i think it's cool that you guys are trying it um and I also have seen a lot of fruit from doing those like midweek worship nights, you know, even if it's like once a month or once a quarter, it really carries over into your Sunday morning services as well, mm -hmm. as there's kind of a depth there that you can't get in a four or three song set. And then yeah. that depth and that you're basically giving people reps of like engaging with the Lord. And mm -hmm. then on Sundays, they're stronger in their reps, you know, stronger yeah. in their worship. So. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, we, uh, you might be surprised, but when we do worship at the top of service, when we sing at the top of service, it's only two songs, but it usually goes about 30 minutes. Wow. So then, and of course, we might go into some other songs or choruses here and there, but uh, it's mostly just the two. And then we do one after the, the sermon as well. Do you plan more or do you just plan two? No, we just plan two for the top, and then one. Uh, sometimes plan the one after the message, but so a lot each of times, song is averages fifteen minutes. Uh, it can be a little less. 
Wow. Sometimes we go 20, sometimes we go 30 minutes. It just depends. Dang, and, dude. That's that's cool. And and you guys are not on tracks. No, we are. Oh. Uh well, yeah. I mean, by that point, we're typically not. Right. So sometimes so, we're using tracks, but we're mostly just using a click if we're especially if the song's going that long. Like right. You know, but the longest some the longest songs that we have on the tracks are like 10 minutes or so. And and we don't like loop back the track or do anything like that we just keep going okay so let's say let's say you've got like a three to four or five minute arrangement of a song you play through the whole thing you get to the end the click keeps going and then you guys just flow yeah we just go from there yeah yeah i've never been that kind of a guy oh really i'm very structured but also well we're pretty structured too but also that does include scripture in between or if there's any talking in between Mm-hmm. Um, on the first Sunday of every month, we have communion in between those songs. Mm. So it sometimes can include other things, but right. typically our time of worship and music is 20, 30 minutes and just two songs scheduled. T- tell me how you flow. Like, how do you gauge where to go? And I know it's a skill that you can practice and I'm sure, you know, it's got, gotten easier with time, but what have you learned about that? uh it's hard to break down i mean uh i I really just try to read the room and see kind of how the 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 people are responding to that song and also just listen in my spirit just listen to the holy spirit and where i might go and if i am going to exhort or say something uh sometimes i plan what i'm going to say maybe he gives me something the week prior or two weeks prior i plan what i'm going to say and I'll say it and we'll go back into a section of the song. So uh, some of the songs we do are, they're they're not so, they're, how do I explain it? They're not repetitive enough to go back to a bridge or go back to a chorus to where it's like, man, we're singing this over and over. But then sometimes some of the ones that we do are like that. And sometimes I'll plan a chorus or a bridge from another song to go with that. And we'll practice that. Um, I don't really do this very often at all, but I, I more do it in my time of practicing and like planning. But a guy told, told me as a part of some class thing that I did online, he was like, try to just sing some, some Psalms and just see where it takes you. And, or just try to sing, literally just try to sing, even if it doesn't rhyme or anything, try to sing what's in your heart, uh, while you're in the midst of a song just carry on that same chord progression and just try to sing what just like a prayer or what's in your heart and things like that and we don't do a ton of spontaneous like i wouldn't say every single sunday there's a lot of spontaneous i mean maybe earlier this year and late last year we had more of that but uh, and that was because of a particular person Um, but now it's more like well what is he trying to say and what song or what chorus that they might already know is saying that so they join right in or if there is something that is more unique and original then i might just teach it to him in that in that moment sing it and then you know sing back but it's not like okay i'm gonna sing this and then you sing. no it's just like just go for it yeah and then also i would say if somebody's trying to go more that direction play with your arrangement and see if there's different things you can pull out of that or like not just take out but like pull out of that arrangement meaning like stretch it out a little bit 
and not get so locked into, you know, verse, chorus, verse two, chorus, you know, whatever. Like you might, you might be able to turn some of that into maybe a verse three or, you know, a bridge or like seeing a little section that has to do with this. I don't know. Um, but like one of the songs we're doing this Sunday is 10 minutes long. And that's because it's, I guess it's slightly more gospel, I would say, because it's uh, it's not completely through composed where everything's different, every section's different. It definitely has has three verses, two choruses, but that has like three bridge section sections. So sometimes I'll lean more toward those kinds of songs where they just keep going with different sections and stuff, and then just bring it right back to the top with the chorus or whatever. Um, it, I don't know. It, it's really hard to explain. I don't, I really don't know how. Yeah. Well, we I might, I might give it. you time to think about it before you come on my podcast and then, okay. and then we'll talk about that because that's something I don't do at all. Um, I'm very, like, I'm very structured and rigid. We practice like our transitions between songs. Mm-hmm. We, you know, well, we um, do too. Yeah, we yeah. Do too. and I don't like, uh, a lot of dead space. Um, like if there's a, a long guitar solo or a long, long instrumental or a long intro or outro, I usually cut those down. Cause like, I'm mm-hmm. like. The church is supposed to be singing like if they're not singing then they're just standing but i have had people tell me like alex like when you have those that space the holy spirit can really do some mm-hmm. work in our hearts and so i've definitely heard that and i've tried to sometimes be more intentional about incorporating some of that but i love i love your approach because it's to me it's an unusual approach so i would love to to talk to you about that yeah that'd be fun yeah i don't i like i said it's it's hard to explain i just and I think some of the songs that we pick are like seven, eight minutes long, regardless. And you would be surprised. Like, I guess I feel like if the majority of our people are not listening to church music, then by the end of that first song, if we... Oh, also, I will say this. Our transitions sometimes take us to the next song, but then we will go back to that first song, especially if it's in the same key. If I'm if I arrange the set all in the same key, then I might go back to that first song or the bridge and then take it right back to the next bridge or section of the second song. So there, that happens a lot. So, you know, it's just kind of an intermixing thing. Um, we typically go from song to song without break, uh, and, and work on those transitions. This week's going to be a little strange because we're literally going from a song in G to a song in F. Um, so I don't have a specific transition cause I'm hoping to, um, uh, read some scripture in between and i i know what i want to do but then again i don't know exactly what i want to say as far as like the scripture but then again i literally might just read the scripture and say all right next song <laughs> but it'll be more it'll flow a little better than just yeah, for sure. just that you're a pro but, you've been doing this for a long time well i try i still try i still have to learn and that's what i'm you know showing people is like you have to just just keep learning, keep trying things like you said, and, you know, get rid of things that aren't working and try new things. And, uh, of course, if something is working, obviously Sunday works for most churches. So yeah, keep doing that. But yeah, try things during the week because that does bring out a different feel or a different, you know, Holy Spirit might just come in in a different way and God might speak to, to you and, or the people might be excited from that moment and come in Sunday just kind of ready to go again and 
I don't know how we'll arrange our sets. Uh, we might do a lot of the same stuff from that Wednesday to that Sunday. We might arrange it the, the same way. And I do plan on those Thursdays I, I, or Wednesdays for us, I do plan to uh, probably plan three <laughs> at the most. We used to do like six. And I got to where like we, we couldn't get through the first two songs, three songs uh, for a while. And then I was like, no, we're just going to plan three. And then we planned three forever. And it, it worship was like 45 minutes. So then we cut it down to two after that. So we were both at the same conference recently, the Worship Innovators Conference. How did you get connected with Matt and be a part of that? Um, the main session was really good, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, I think Matt, Derek, who is Matt's, like our loop communities marketing guy reached out to me and said hey do you want to be on our podcast and can we be on your podcast and then oh really we did basically back to back matt did uh, whatever like the day before was his podcast and the day after was mine and he was like you know you should come to the loop conference you know the worship innovators conference which everybody listening to this should come to 2023's innovators conference in october it's going to be awesome so yeah that's how are we you, got connected are you yeah. uh, speaking in that one as well is he keeping I'm, pretty I, much the same crew? I've been invited back. I don't know what yet he's going to have me do, but yeah, I'll I'll be there for sure, and we'll be teaching in some capacity. I don't know if it's main stage or if it's breakouts or what, but I, I'll be there, and I'll look forward to seeing a lot of people there. That'll be really cool. So y'all, so they reached out to you about the podcast. I guess maybe one of them listened to your podcast, and yeah, D Derek, re yeah, reached out. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, man. Well, I will, um, I want to check out what you do more so as far as your worship academy. Where, so where do we go again if we want to check that out? Yeah, worshipministrytraining.com. And okay. it's, like I said, $1 to try for 15 days. And then after that, it's 29 bucks a month. You get all the courses, 10 courses. That's like 30 hours of courses. Um, live monthly trainings, uh, monthly live you know, coaching sessions, group coaching calls. And then um, I think the biggest thing is like all the resources that are done for you, like a done for you audition process, a done for you onboarding process, a done for basically I'm helping you get organized, like a done for you literally we like day by day, week by week, month by month, quarter by quarter, year by year task list that really? like tells you what oh, to wow. do to have a healthy worship ministry. So basically, and then the discipleship material, like team building activities, plus the weekly team devos. So it's all there for one buck and then 29 bucks a month. So yeah. And if anyone wants to check it out, I'm pretty active in there. I'm there every day, you know, that's crazy. talking, that's talking awesome. to people. So it's been fun to, to see it grow. So that is really cool. Yeah. What's next for it though? Like, do you have ideas? Yeah, I have and... a lot of thoughts about what's next. Um, so I'm planning on doing free, uh, live workshops, like, webinars basically um mm -hmm. for anybody outside of the academy um every other month and then i also am planning on um doing like cohort where some people like they they sign up for the academy but they don't have the self-discipline to like actually go through the courses and stuff mm -hmm. so they are doing some sort of like you know 12 small group of 12 people going through the material weekly with me like in a group setting where we you know through zoom talk about you know what they learned about set building or what they learned about team building or what they learned about the, the theological foundations so yeah. kind of like a more hands-on experience it'll be a little bit more expensive but 
I'm hoping that, oh, um, cool. yeah. And then also like consultations for churches. If there are churches out there who are looking to revamp their worship ministry, like we can do, you know, private one-on-one kind of multi-week consultations or just a mm-hmm. one-off type thing. So, yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, man. You got a lot, a lot in store. Yes. For, I, are you going to make more videos on YouTube? I'm, I mean, I see some <laughs> of the like podcast clips and things like that, but well, there are about... only so much you can do, you know, there's, there's, it's a, I'm a one man team and, uh, you know, I'm building out a small team of just like contractual help, but, and maybe this mm-hmm. is getting into weird territory for a podcast, but, but so people can t- dip out if they want to, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I will upload YouTube videos as I have time. And mm-hmm. then all the podcast interviews also go on YouTube, but, um, I, I'm, I'm, I don't have a big YouTube game plan at all. In fact, I would say I need to hire somebody to do my YouTube for me, but, um, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that's, you started doing shorts though, right? Is, well, is that yes. Recent? yes, I'm just chopping up bits of my podcast yeah. interviews. I mean, which, yeah, we do too. Absolutely. Yeah. So I just started building out our team a little bit and trying a, a new editor for bigger videos, which I mean, it, he literally just sent me his first draft of the very first video he's edited for the channel. So it's, it's kind of scary for me because I've been editing everything. And um, and then I have another guy actually p- helping me pull shorts and I'll tell him, you know, time codes and stuff like that. But, but I think the same is true, though, with ministry as well. It's just trying to not feel like you have to do everything yourself and lean on those people and people gain more of that ownership of the ministry of your worship ministry or whatever it may be and and stay for much longer and, and like actually be invested and yeah so i'm i'm trying to learn for what i've what i've learned as a a worship pastor and actually apply that a little bit to the channel and not try to do everything myself cuz i mean i can't be a one man team and you know you can't really if you want to grow something you you cannot do it all by yourself. Thank you guys so much for watching this podcast. Thank you, Alex, for being here, hanging out with us. And if you want to know more about his stuff, I have it in the description below. Thank you guys so much for watching this. We are on Spotify, Apple Music, and Google Podcasts. Go check us out there if you just like to listen to the show. We love you. Remember, great worship leaders are always learning. Have a good day.